<laughs> we lost you. It'll come back. Yeah. There we go. We're live. All right, guys. Welcome to another episode of Drinks and Dogs. I believe this is episode 13. Um, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. I have none other than Mike Nesbeth from Canada and Grassroots and my brother from Allegiance Canine in Memphis, which are actually in a seminar right now. Uh, the Art of War uh, Working Dog Weekend, Jacques Winnet. So thanks, guys. Let's start off with our normal cheers. Cheers. Hey. So normally when we start off drinks and dogs, I always like to kind of ask everybody what they've been up to. And I've been with Jacques for the whole day. So Nesbitt, what's been going on, man? How's everything been going on? I think we've done uh, drinks and dogs in about a month, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, things are good, man. We're just um, working dogs out here. We got a, a, a Fright and Bite Halloween event that we're doing, so we're preparing for that, uh, getting things together. Uh, it's going to be just a bunch of, like, surprise scenarios, pretty much, for all the handlers. People come out, have some fun with their dogs. Um, so we're trying to get everything in, in lined up for that. But other than that, man, just regular working, keep my head down. Awesome, man. And for that Fright and Bite thing, is it for all levels? Is it like dogs on suits or? Yeah, so we're going to have like three different categories. Um, there'll be a level one, which will just be for sleeve dogs. Um, and it's going to be like a, like entry level, nothing too over the top. Uh, level two will be the same thing, but for suit dogs. Um, and then level three is where it'll get we'll get some crazy stuff going on. Really nice. Is this all going to take, uh, take place at the ranch? Yep, yep. It'll be out uh, at the farm property. It'll be nice and nice and cool weather for the dogs to work in. Uh, is the, are the borders open yet? Because I need to I need to make a trip. Hey, to, to fly <laughs> to fly, they're open, but you you got to quarantine for fourteen days, so it might as well be closed. Oh yeah, so that that, that ain't gonna work. I know uh, John Katz uh, stayed. I guess what uh went over the the Dakichans, Sean Dakichan, the PSA decoy, and uh, I guess okay. um, his parents. He trialed one of his dogs, but he had to stay there for like two weeks before the trial. And yeah. And I, I saw a post about it. I was like, God damn, man, that's fucking dedication for a, a ring one. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that, that's a bit much. There's other things to be done in that time, you know, so it's it it not up. Two weeks is a long time. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would go crazy or develop a very serious like some form of problem or habit. <laughs> No, no drinks and dogs during that time because you might start. Oh, it'd be drinks and dogs every day, but like, let's get, let's get on tonight. <laughs> All right, Jacques, tell us what's been going on with you, sir. Yeah, same stuff, different day. Um, main thing we've been doing is um, adjusting to the influx of clientele that we've had. I think that COVID has given me a gift, and that's been consistent. Uh, influxes of clientele, we increased by like 40%. So we're just trying to kind of keep that balance and keep things going and then also incorporate the working dog aspect, which is getting bigger and bigger in this area. We are in Memphis. So uh, you have a dog or a gun pretty much here. So therefore we're kind of, you know, going both ways. I love my dogs, I love my guns and my clients are the same way. This is, I, would, I would have to say this is very similar to like a Texas atmosphere. In what, in what sense? In the sense dogs are guns, but okay. you just don't have yeah, lions. Sure. Lions? You don't have lions. No, we don't have lions. No. Or tigers. Tiger king. Tiger, like, tigers. You don't have the tigers over here. I mean, but everyone has guns. Everyone and, has guns. And everyone's dogs bite. <laughs> have you? <laughs> no, they think that they bite. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> uh, how? What about you, Nesbeth? Have you guys seen an influx over there with the uh, COVID? Yeah, 
we've been we've been swamped like just with like boarding trains um even our, our online training program like yeah, same thing uh, at first you know there was a little like when covid first hit and everyone was in a panic um slowed down for like a week or two and people were kind of trying to make decisions on what they were going to do and then right after that it's just been like go mode so same thing up here we're just trying to keep the momentum um and you know make sure you know we don't overbook so we can give the dogs like all the you know the proper quality stuff that in time they need uh, but yeah we're staying super super busy man that's i think that's one of like the crazier parts about like this you know 2020 was that initially we all thought like oh shit man like this is gonna be and like this is the, this is why like i feel like i kind of kicked myself in the ass with this one um I literally like I was like cool. Let me launch like all like the all this other stuff, PCU, our online stuff, and everything going like in that first like month of like panic where we didn't know what was gonna go on, and then yeah. all of a sudden, fucking record breaking months right after that. I was like Jesus Christ. Even like coming up to here, <clears throat> I mean just the scheduling alone, just going back home, leaving before then, it was just like nuts. It's just it's a uh, it's been a blessing and a and a curse at the same time almost. Especially yeah. like obviously like you have kids too, so like you know, you know, like like you know, your kids like you know live with you. Like my daughter like lives with my ex wife, and she's not so fun sometimes. So I don't necessarily get to see my child as much as I'd like to, especially with my work schedule. But it's just been yeah. like, dude, where the fuck is like the time? But you know, blessing and a curse at the same point, at the same time there. Yeah, it is, man. It, it, it is. You know, it, it's keeping things. You know, it's also balanced, man. Because on us, you know, on our end. Um, like we're, we're literally like just a crazy influx. Um, and you know, we want, we want to do, we want to help everyone that we can help and, you know, get the sales that we can get, but you know, we got to make sure that the, the juice is worth the squeeze too. You know, like if, yeah. if we just, we're just over committing, you know, no one wins, you know, we lose, we get burnt out. The dogs lose. They don't get as good of a quality work. So we're, we're still like kind of capped at, at what we've capped pre COVID, but it's just now we're just booked out like way longer. You know, and you guys sell a lot of law enforcement too. Yeah. So like that end actually has been a, a, a bit of a, a headache with kind of importing dogs. Um, but luckily like, because we're, that's not all we do. Uh, you know, the, the pet dog stuff is kind of, you know, dealt with that for us for right now, at least. Um, we still had a, have well, had a couple of dogs. We have some puppies that are at like the the eight month old range, so like they're going to kind of age into where we can start selling them again. But there's big demand up here for dogs. Uh, hard time getting dogs in, uh, just with all the the border closures. And I don't like buying dogs like sight unseen either, as I'm sure you guys both know how those can go. Um, so that, that's kind of where we're at right now. We're holding off until I can go get hands on some dogs and and see them and test them myself and, and then buy them. But yeah, other than that, we're staying, staying pretty busy. Uh, even with the law enforcement stuff, we got like seminars and courses that we're running. Um, so I got, I have a course like the next two weeks with a, a local agency out here, a decoy course. So we're, we're staying busy, just not with selling the dogs per se. We're kind of sold out of dogs right now. So what's going on with you and your dogs over here? Cause you have that security company too. Yeah. I mean, it's just more so, we have been sourcing through the company that, that they go to school with. Right. But now the goal is to start sourcing our own dogs. And then you know, being able to get them certified through a different individual, which makes it easier for us. And then we can also safeguard and make sure that the dogs that we get are the ones that we need. Nice. And then for those who don't know um, Jacques and Allegiance, 
um, they do they have a security company and it's it's arm arm guard yeah and arm guard. arm guard and canine so it's arm guard and canine it's a private security thing and I know a lot when um when all like the riots are happening you guys were contracted to do a lot of security too right yeah to go up to was it Colorado and then now we're doing just more stuff with populace here you guys seen a lot of action with that um not as much like since the dog presence was added it's, it's been deterred. I won't say flatline but it's been like ninety percent less. It's funny how like dogs can completely uh, change <laughs> uh, an environment really quickly. <laughs> this thing like people aren't afraid of guns anymore. Like, but a dog, yeah. if, they, if they hear the dog bark, they go in that way. Yeah. Well, people people have like a, a natural, you know, like primitive response to like a, an animal showing aggression towards you. You know, like it's just. It, it, just in the bottom of their stomach for, for most people there's obviously like you know those one percenters out there that don't feel that way but huge like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the unknown like you don't know what they're gonna do and you can't control yeah. it so therefore like that's what they respond to it's the unknown yes yeah. yeah it's like the i always feel like if you're like a decoy like having that chance of possibly running a cop dog is like one of like like one of those things you're like, all right, I think I could do it. Like, <laughs> you're just like, I think I got it. That's cool. I'm going to figure something out. But that's only stuff like weird people like us think. Like, there's just no, because you can't tell me like at any point in time, like if there's a cop dog, if you're caught in that scenario, you're like, I think, I think I can do this. I think <laughs> there has to be something I can do at this point. Yeah, Although none sure. of my dogs, I feel like I feel like all my dogs would be like, "Nah, Mike's a bitch. He's like, I'm just gonna take his ass out." So they like, <laughs> <laughs> all my dogs that give that any chance that dogs I work, they're like, "Nope, I got you, bitch. We're done." Like, you, <laughs> no. All right, so pop up question: hardest biting dog you have, Nesbeth? And actually, no. do you prefer harder biting dogs, or do you prefer uh, harder biting dogs with proper counters and everything like that, or do you prefer? dogs with a little bit lighter dog because uh, i've talked to some other decoys and a lot of other decoys i've talked to have been saying like oh hey like they just prefer the dogs who bite kind of hard but enough to work where a lot like for me i prefer dogs who just want to pretty much eat your soul and bite bite through you and just work through it what's your preference yeah like i i like you know the the whole package obviously you know i want a dog to bite with everything that it has every every inch of, of its weight behind i want in that bite um but i also am like a, a a stickler for like the mechanics behind the biting as well you know um i don't mind the thrashing so much some people are super like against that thrash um i, I i'm okay with the thrash as long as it's like a forward like a, a counter shake counter shake like I'm, I'm i'm all for that um i don't just need them to be like you know just punching and and staying you know no thrashing. I, I don't really care about that. Um, my hardest, I don't really have many dogs right now. <laughs> like my hardest biting dog that I have would probably be my, my female diva. Um, but that's pretty much all I have. I have puppies other than her right now. So that doesn't, yeah. Is that the same diva that's from uh, Hans? No, no, this diva is from somewhere. I like, I love the secrecy of it. <laughs> no, no, literally. Somewhere. She has no, she has no, uh, no pedigrees. <laughs> like she's from somewhere. <laughs> it's not something cool. Like she's not like, uh, you know, top secret. You can't know about oh, like, it. Cause that's how you phrase it. Like it's from somewhere. 
No, no, they're just. All we need is key is Jock's like pause in between. All we need is Jock's Bond villain laugh right after, and then it would be like perfect. Dramatic, cue the dramatic music somewhere. You try not to because you said it. I'm trying not to now. It's alright. There's only like 600 people listening to this, so keep completely fine. All right. Um, so obviously we all have very our you know, variety of different training um, trainings are training ideals and everything like that. Um, let's see what is uh, I mean during COVID I tried to focus on a lot of different things just to improve like my this different skills because we were trapped in the house, especially in California and we've been it came from all right you guys are locked up to okay go ahead do whatever you want back to locked up and now it's like okay do kind of do whatever you want. But I mean, for me, I focus a lot on, I don't know, I don't want to say it's competition obedience, but just a little more flashy OB because that's something that wasn't something I didn't really care for in the uh, since I was in IPO or Schutzen when it was. But um, was there anything in particular that you you kind of refocused yourselves on during that time? I mean, when I was just adding additional education because I had more time to do that. It wasn't me running 16 hour days at the time. So it's more adding additional education. And then too, when it comes to like client dogs, it was just more scenarios. Things were closed down. So we were like we were using areas that we didn't normally use. So scenarios and then like using that to create like mental aspects to counter, to dig, to do this, to that. How do I win in these scenarios? So that's the biggest thing for me. Getting outside of the building, going different places, and then you know, using those scenarios to then push the dog and ride nowhere. Yeah. I, I think uh some similar to me, I was um like tried to spend a lot more time kind of putting together a curriculum for, you know, some courses, uh, some of like the seminars and courses and stuff that we'll eventually be doing. Um, now that things are starting to open up a little bit more, we're getting to do them. I, I really wanted to not just be able to, you know, train the dogs, um, but also help people learn like more effectively and efficiently how to train the dogs or and explain why I'm doing what I'm doing or why I took this approach and really put some actual thought and time into that aspect of it and not just like the working of the dog. It, that brings up a good, um, a good point. So like, obviously like this weekend, I'm teaching a, a decoy seminar with Jacques and uh, Charlie Randolph, who's probably still working dogs in there or just, just completely just talking. Um, so he's, he's just in there. But I mean, like what you feel like when you do like, a decoy seminar because I'm, I'm i have like this inner battle between it between talking going through mechanics movements method and theory all this other stuff and then getting the guys to work like and doing that so like for me i have this like inner struggle because like, i want to break down why you're doing this this is how you do it break down the steps break down the movements do all the stuff that you know you got to do uh and then like because you know like most people come into for a decoy seminar they want to get in the bite suit they want to get bites they want to do this stuff they want to feel that you know feeling and I feel a lot of times that kind of takes over the aspect of like learning what to do. So it's that balance instead of it. So like this one's this, uh, this seminar is going to be a little bit rough for me because Jacques purposely scheduled cause I was injured for me not to be in the bite suit all, all day. So he's just like, he's like, he's like, all right, you're going to teach this and you're going to work for like an hour. Then you're done for the day. And then you're just going to teach the rest and watch and critique and the rest. I was like, you know, this can drive me completely insane. But I understand it because it's like I, I I talked to remember like Jake Scott too and like he's like he's like one of the best seminars I never got in the bite suit I just learned from the decoy doing what I was doing. What is uh what is what is your thoughts on that? Because you do a lot of those too with the triple threat tri triple threat. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a, a balance between the two. Like generally the type of person that you're going to get that actually wants to decoy or wants to learn how to decoy is like that type A kind of getting like knuckle dragger, want to do it to learn, like actually experience things to learn. Um, so I think if like the lecture part of your presentation or, or seminar is just too much and it's too long, um, like you're going to lose people. Right. They're just even if you're giving them like gems and all the information that they need, if it's so much time spent on lecture, um, you're going to lose those type A kind of personalities. And that's what the biggest like that's who makes a good decoy. Right. Um, yeah. So like how and I've messed around with like structure of, of doing them, um, you know, but what I think a lot of times is, is like, hey, drop a little bit of lecture here. Let's get the suits on and work some dogs. Then let's drop a net. We'll recap, kind of drop another little bit of lecture and like really break it up like that. Let people get that, you know, experience dealing with specifically what we're talking about in that lecture part. You know, lecture maybe for an hour, work dogs for two hours, lecture for an hour, work dogs for two hours um, and and really hone in. And, you know, if we're focusing on, um, you know, reinforcing and kind of marking the the behaviors that we want then that's the only thing that that decoy is focused on for those two hours or those decoys are focused on um and really breaking it up in sections like that um, because i've tried to, you know i'm going to run through this whole slideshow in front of you guys for hours and then we're going to put the suits on and you know af after an hour it, it, you just they're there but they're not there you know everyone's head there Look at people are yawning and they're they're just itching to get the suits on. Um, so that, from my experience, that's kind of so far what I, and you know you ask me in three months maybe it'll change again. But that's that's what I do right now. I think like the for me I think what works best is like I literally because obviously I'm very like concise like every very simple minded I think like kind of like you mentioned like I'm essentially the knuckle dragger that's very very much just caveman approach to everything. So it's just like when I talk, I'm like, okay, like this is where we do break down the theory. All right, let's go through movements without the dog. Mm -hmm. And then have them go through the movements and we break it down. I, I kind of break it down like when I used to take jujitsu or like, you know, any like in, a, in my combat sports, I break it down just like that. I'll show yeah. them the example. We do it that way. And that's worked pretty much for me um, the best way because I'm not as analytical uh, when it comes to that. And, you know, Jock, you've. You've, you've had me here for I don't know what three or four times now. Yeah, um, four, time now. four time now. Like I've done what two only seminars, mm -hmm. and like what's what's been your experience with that? I mean, the big thing is just it has to be a balance. Um, the idea of getting the methodology down, and even like with both of y'all having online platforms, it may even be good to like before you come to a decoy camp, watch this, this, and this, which covers half of what you're gonna cover anyway. And then when they get there, you can actually use the application because they've already done. We're seeing the methodology part. Yep. So I think that kind of works best because they need that. I need that still. Yeah. And then from that point, you can then apply it based on what you've already researched and studied. Yeah. That's a lot of my uh, my seminar in October um, that I'm doing. It's, it's, it's been sold out, but like that's a lot of the people who are supposed to go to that. They've been buying like I think they bought like a couple of my, uh, my decoys. Like they pretty much bought all of our decoy stuff on there, hmm. and then they watched it. So like I'm looking forward to see what that comes from because that's twelve dogs. Uh, no, 12 decoys uh, coming in because we overbooked it. And they've all pretty much purchased all of our decoy stuff on PC online. Yeah. So it'll be pretty cool to, because I'm actually going to put a slide. I'm going to actually do it like, you know, fancy, like how you guys do it. I'm going to put a little slideshow together. 
put it on the television. I'm not just going to stand there and just like do this. This is easy. What, what, they've taken all those PCU courses that you should just start telling them, all right, you come up and explain this part. And you just get to sit back. I mean, they already took the courses. They should be good. That's how you Thanks. do it. Dude, that's how it should be. One right, thing with everyone, <laughs> everyone watching this, Mike Nesbeth, myself, Jacques will have some stuff on there soon. But PCU Online is a huge resource for decoys and pet owners, you know, dog trainers that's still available. All the courses we have on there, I don't even know how many we have on now. Nesbeth, how many have you done so far? I think two so far. I'm working on my third one now. You have third three. I think I've done, I don't know how many I've done. I'm pretty sure we have close to like 25 live videos that you can look up watch purchase and have them forever and you know I, i'm sure everyone who's watching this knows you know the the stuff that uh, nesbeth drops is all obviously gems and all this stuff and then the rest of the the crew in general is pretty pretty awesome we have a pretty dope team can't wait for the the pcu uh meetup because uh that's gonna be pretty epic yeah i'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that too i'm waiting for that we're just gonna have to go move to Florida for like uh, like a couple weeks. <laughs> that's what that's, it is. that's apparently the lawless country. And then KD can hang, <laughs> KD can hang out with us <laughs> and exactly. force us to sit around a fire. I'm pretty sure he's watching this. Yeah, there we go. All right, so let's get into some questions here. I gotta move through this. Let's see. Minimize. John Abrams, what is he saying here? Okay, here's a question for me. Mike, when you're training, I noticed you have a yellow glove on your hand. What type of is it? And uh, what do you wear it for? Dog slime. <laughs> um, so it's not yellow, it's green. Um, neon green. <laughs> and, and it's grip right uh, nitro gloves. Uh, and the reason why I wear that glove is because it's fancy. Um, but the reason why I started... <laughs> The reason why I started wearing gloves is because we, uh, at one point, we had a big ranch, our, our kennel, uh, and a lot of dogs we got were, uh, had food allergies. And I noticed that, like, you know, if I was continuously dipping it into the same pocket, you know, whatever it may be, um, and using my hands, like, they can be easily, you can transfer those allergies depending on which food you're using. So, you know, for example, we had a dog who was on this, like, I don't even know what I, I don't even know what the actual like term of it. it's like hydro. What was the the one that Petey was on? Oh, the hydrolyzed food. Hydrolyzed food. Allergy detector. Allergy detector like completely flat. But if I put like let's say like like origin beef or you know salmon or whatever it was inside my pouch, and I'd use that, and, or even my hands, like you would have an allergic reaction. And this is like years back. I just started wearing gloves to make sure that I wasn't cross contaminating. I'll switch out every single time. Switch my pouches out and do whatever I had to do. Um, and then I just got used to not having my hand smell like dog food. So I like that. I, I, I was waiting for you to get to that part, to just be like, I just don't like my hand with dog slobber and smelling like salmon. That's yeah, what I, was I was just like, dude, I was like, all right, cool. I'm good with my hands not smelling like dog shit all the time. So we, <laughs> I, I, I'm good with this. And then I was like, hey, there's flashy gloves. I can buy different color gloves. <laughs> Other than the black ones and the little blue ones I was having, like, all right, cool. There's purple, there's green, there's orange. I was like, this is cool. And there's ones that have little, like, um, ribbons. <laughs> I was like, this is even better. Now, So now I just buy fancy plastic gloves just because I don't like my hands smelling like dog stuff. So so be on the lookout for the, the PCU dog training gloves uh, coming soon. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> We're gonna have to like uh, just light label some like nitro gloves and be like PCU gloves. There you go. <laughs> used by PCU instructors throughout the world. Because <laughs> technically you're in a different country. So I mean, tech and Nino's in you know Belgium. So yeah. technically, you know, we're all, throughout all the, world. the world. All over right? the world. <laughs> um, a question that I, I mean, because you've been even participating in like the PCU stuff. So have you noticed a benefit in like just watching those courses or anything like that? I have because you can get some tunnel vision with your perspective. And like that's giving me different perspectives from Mike's Nesbeth to yours to um, Katie and just being able to glean from them. And like in some ways I'm on the right track. And in some ways I can improve my game based on different perspectives. So that's, that's the big thing is just being able to learn at home at midnight when I get done at night and still get the knowledge I need. So for me now, it's definitely been a benefit. I'm more of a student with that than I am with, you know, finding my own stuff because it's right there for me. Yeah, and yeah. Even, even for me, like I, I jump on and, uh, you know, do do the other courses as well. Uh, when I have the time, like you said, it's it, convenient, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the exactly. morning, whatever it is, I can jump on and watch, you know, even if I can't finish the full course right there, you know, watch a bit of it, come back to it the next day, um, you know, uh, I, I'm always open to, to more information. So like selfishly, you know, I'm, I'm all about PCU cause I get to watch courses from, from everyone and, you know, gain perspective, even if it's, you know, um, doesn't mean that you, someone's uh, you're on the wrong track because someone does things a little bit different. Um, but it's definitely, you know, awesome to see that perspective and, and be able to be like, Hey, you know, I may come across the dog one day where I need to know this stuff and I, I need to be able to understand how they apply this. So that's kind of, you know, I, th I think it's a great resource for everyone. And I think like, that's like, that was like the main point behind PCU too, was just giving perspectives. Cause I mean, like for the most part, all of us on PCU are pet trainers and we do other things, but it's usually pet trainers first. And like, I, and we all have our different styles, our different explanations, how we explain things. Some are simple, some are just more, you know, given more explanation, you know, and it's just cool. And like, even for me, like, it's just, I mean, I've talked to you before, like when we talked about this and like I've talked to you too, it's like, you know, there's, for me, it's, it's giving me, it's, it's, it's like, it's one of the coolest things I think I, I've done or we've done in like Primal Canine, like with PCU is that kind of open the world of different perspectives and not close it off to where it's like, all right, cool. Like this is the only way to do it. It's like constant improvement and knowledge. And the cool thing about PCU is that we can always reshoot things. We can do it live. We can pre-record. We can do tons of different things and we can continuously put these things out on this platform with a variety of different perspectives from very high qualified trainers and, you know, and throughout the world to see different types of dogs. And it's just, um, I'm pretty pumped on it, especially seeing like all like the courses I've been trying to tune in and watching everybody else's stuff. And, you know, when, when I have insomnia at three o'clock in the morning, like just going back in there, I'm like, all right, I mean, I have to like, if I have to, uh, if I have to watch it while like uh, my girlfriend Aaron's sleeping, I'll like, I'll put on like yours because you're a little bit more quieter than the rest of them. So I'll just, <laughs> I'll be like, all right, let me watch Nesbitt's real quick in the corner here. Like, <laughs> my, my, my voice helps you go to sleep, Mike. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, I, I am saying that you do got that like almost like very whitish, like, like deep, like undertone voice. I'm like, all right, cool. I guess it, it helps me out here. But I mean, I, I mean, I, I just love the fact that it's like it's such it's so diverse, but similar in the sense. 
Yeah, definitely, man. That, that kind of goes back to you know what we're saying, even like to the decoy stuff. Um, you know, one of the reasons why I, I push, you know, theory, I, I think pretty heavily compared to like a lot of other um, decoy uh, instructors, um, is just because if we understand the theory behind things, um, then we can apply it to any method that that someone's using, right? If we actually just understand the principle, like principles of learning. Um, it, then you know it doesn't matter what course or or you know what decoy we we go or what sport or you know police protection whatever that stuff doesn't matter I mean, we just need to we're able to identify how we can utilize you know the learning theories operant conditioning classical conditioning um to get to the goals that we want um, and what we're looking to achieve um so that's but again because i'll geek out over like theory stuff doesn't mean everyone's going to geek out over it so it's about how i'm uh, giving that information or, or trying to get it to sink in. Right. Um, cause I'll, I'll, I could sit for, you know, a day, 24 hours and just talk about, you know, theories and abstract things about dog behavior. But most people that want to put on a bite suit don't, won't really hang out for that conversation. Right. I think that's like one of the biggest things like I've always admired about like, like yourself and like, like, have you ever gotten a phone conversation with KD? Yeah, all the time. I talked to him like last week. We've been on, you know, conversations. <laughs> no, so that's why I got like when I like talking to you guys, I'm like, dude, I was like, all right, cool. I got to buckle up, move some appointments. I got to schedule at least a couple hours out. Like, I know this isn't going to be alive because I mean, like, there's not that many people that you can talk to that, like, you know, we'll just geek out on like stuff like that. And like, and it'll be an entertaining conversation, you know, like something where like you look at the time and you're like, oh, fuck, man, I've been on the phone for like an hour and a half. Like, yeah. like that's something that's like super cool. Like that's where, yeah, I like the fact that we have like you know, I, I'll, you know, Andy Kruger. I talk, I talk to him a lot. You know, Jock. Whenever we have the time to link up, um, I don't really get time to talk to Sean um, that much. But I mean, like, anytime I get a chance to talk to him, like, dude, it's like, or any any one of you guys, it's always like cool. Because I'm like, dude, it's like they can like geek out on some like nerdy like bite stuff or dog behavioral stuff or just whatever it is. Because you know, it's just you don't really. There's not that many people in the world that just like find that so interesting and are accepting to different people's like theories and like methods, like, yeah. you know, whatever they're, whatever, however they do it, you know, yeah. like that's like the cool part. And, and that's one of the big reasons why, you know, you and KD were one of the first people we started drinks and dogs with, because it was just one of those things where we had, I would say similar, but very, very, uh, you know, we vary in just our theories. And like, mm -hmm. it was just cool to have that conversation and do all that stuff. So, I mean, like that was, one of that's yeah. one of the coolest things, and one I, I think still one of my favorite drinks and dogs was that was drinks and dogs number one. Yeah, that was a good time. Good times. We had uh, all the technical issues. <laughs> it, it just added character to drinks and dogs. You know, we had to work up <laughs> right. little bumps. All right. So, what are the plans for the rest of twenty twenty? Yeah, you guys can start. Go ahead, Jock. Just survive. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, right now we're just going to stay on the same course. We are looking for a new location just to outgrow this one. We're just kind of stay on the same course. And then also to add on the security side uh, a couple more of the hospital accounts because it's like we have the one account that has drawn interest from other hospitals. So we're going to test runs there. And so that's kind of been the big side thing for me is making sure that, you know, the dogs are up to par. The, um, actual security teams that are already there understand the reason for the dogs and we're not trying to conflict with you it's just trying to add what you already have so that's been the big thing and then just like i said from here just literally survival 
Um, new location, same balance in the sense of the pet dogs and working dogs, and then uh, extending the Ronin Canine brand, which is the security company. Hey, I, I got a question for you, real quick, uh, Jock. Do you, when you guys are using your um, your your dogs, like the security dogs, what what kind, like, uh, how do you guys work them? Like, what kind of fat are you using them for? Like deterrence, deterrence, you know? They are uh, dual purpose dogs, so okay. um, most of it is more deterrent because, like, the hospitals that we at aren't in the best neighborhoods, okay. and there are a few crazies, um, be it on something or just be it because you know their homeboy got shot and they got problems with it. So yeah. it's more so been a de uh, deterrent so far. So okay. We haven't utilized the aspect of you know scent, but the the that's there also. It's more so dual purpose. Okay, nice. nice. Have you been to Memphis, Nesbeth? No, I haven't. I haven't. I'll give you a rundown. <laughs> I, oh, I've been here about five times, um, and every and every single time. Uh, well, the last time I was here, my buddy Mario was here, and I walked up and I slapped him on the butt like, "Hey, good game," and he looked at me like, "Hey, what the." He's like, dude, he's like, you could have shot me and you. I was like, why? He's like, I got a gun in my back pocket. And I was hey, like, I, why the fuck do you have a gun in your back pocket, dude? Like, I was like, I, I, like I, live, I live in Florida, so it's, it sounds pretty similar. Yeah. So I was like, dude, he's like, they don't fight. And then one of the first times we went downtown when we stayed at the, what's Peabody. The, the Peabody. Peabody. And then we go out and like someone said, I don't know, someone said something stupid, but like Mario and like, um, uh, what's his name? Justin were like, hey, he's like, they don't take ass whoopings here. They just shoot people. Basically. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm going back to the hotel bar, <laughs> and then I'm going to go back up to my room because and you went back to the hotel, yeah. back to your room for real. <laughs> my temper does not suit the climate here because I, I don't, one, I don't got a gun, and two, I'm, I have a short temper. Although we did go to some nice places. But yeah, that's um, that's that's Memphis. Oh, the case in point, nice places, and the Snyder shit still happens in nice places. <laughs> the, the best one is uh, what Rell's. What he had? How many dogs in his? Uh... Yeah, Rell had like ten dogs in a wooden trailer behind his truck from St. Louis, and they all have live bites. And yeah, they've all had live bites. Presses <laughs> loaded, locked, loaded, locked and loaded. Oh yeah, dude, it, it's. It's the wild, wild south out here. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's pretty. It's that's why I, I compare it. I mean, I've only been to Texas like once or twice, but I compare this to like, if Texas was a little bit more south, this would be Texas. <laughs> Minus see. the tiger. Yeah, that's it. Right, Texas is a country by itself, though, so those two don't count. Yeah. Right. It's his own country. The fucking governor has an eye patch. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That is the goddamn truth. <laughs> that I, didn't, I didn't even know that myself. <laughs> All right, let's get back on track here. What were we talking about? Oh, sad note. Uh, plans for 2020. Oh, what's your plans, Nesbeth? Uh, keep things uh moving here like they're moving. Uh, you know, we plan on getting some dogs in eventually. Uh, hope during 2020 sometime. Um, and then we're starting to open back up for the seminar. So we, like I said, we have that fright and bite thing on uh, August 24th. Um, not August, damn. October 24th. Um, see, 2020 got me messed up. Yeah. Uh, October 24th. Uh, and then I'm, I'm, at, I'm heading to Florida. I'm going to sneak across the border somehow um, for the, the, the week after. I think it's October 27th. 
um, for I have a seminar down there with Canines United. Um, it's going to be me, uh, Jay Nix, Carlos, Justin Rigney, um, Mike Lilly, and uh, Jason Davis. So there's going to be like, I think there's 60 working teams um, and then another 40 audit spots. So like 100, you know, people there. It's at a fort. So they, this fort in Florida that they have like a mock city in. Um, so we're going to have access to like the entire city. Um, so that's going to be, I'm, I'm looking, looking forward to that a lot. Um, and canines United made it like it's free to any canine handler. Um, so the working spots are filled up, but there's, I, I believe it's unlimited audit spots. So like you should give Katie one of those audit spots. Yeah. You know, I, I told Katie <laughs> to come, <laughs> told him to come through. <laughs> what's your plan mike what's your plans for 2020 just finish strong man i mean we just added um oscar mora to our team the pcu team nice, nice. um you know plan on getting jock in and then just just grind it out man we you know, we we have a i'm developing a green dog program right now um, I got, you know, some puppies that I'm probably bringing in here, but for the most part, I mean, we, you know, we just got slammed in the pet department. Uh, so, you know, I'm just going to focus on that, um, and just continue to grow, you know, with that stuff. I mean, we have, I have outside of primal canine, I have a couple different companies that I'm developing, um, at the moment. So it's just like, you know, just normal grind, 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 and, you know, try to make the best of what this year has gone. And actually like, I'm pretty happy with. I'm not necessarily happy with the fact of what COVID's done to California, considering our governor's an idiot. Um, and he's pretty much held us back from the rest of the country. But I'm happy with the fact that it gave me time to develop, you know, this stuff, right? Like yeah. you know, before COVID, like we didn't do this stuff. And like I think like the drinks and dogs and like PCU has helped, you know, just the dog training community in general, you know, just share perspective and like let people know like it's okay to share perspective you know it's not right or wrong it's just perspective you know yeah, i yeah. mean like that's one of the biggest that's one of the coolest things and i've i feel like pcu has been one of like the biggest accomplishments for us like in this year uh in drinks and dogs and, and just because we've been able to kind of show a united front with you know a lot of the balanced trainers and just dog trainers in general and just have a good time talking to friends you know throughout the world you know it's mm -hmm. so, like that's been like one of the the crowning achievements of this year for me um, but I mean, I, I still, I just want to grow it, you know, make it bigger, make it better and continue to do it. You know, so that's, you know, we have tons of plans on PCU, you know, we just put in tons of ad money into it. So like, that's going to grow. So we'll start seeing a bunch of that stuff. So I mean, it's, you know, sky's the limit right now. We're just going to keep pushing. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Hey, uh, random question. Is there like a, a mass exodus happening in California right now? Or Bro, is that it's, it's going to happen. I'm telling you. It's gonna happen. There's, I don't, I don't know what the fuck Newsom's doing, but the like homie shut down everybody, kept his spots open, <laughs> uh, made a mask uh, deal with China. So like all like the reusable masks, like he like he has a deal with that. That I guess like five billion dollar deal. Um, does all this stuff? Him and his aunt, I think it's aunt. What was aunt saying? Pelosi or some shit like that. Like they're running around acting like nothing's going on in San Francisco. So yeah, I mean, I already told Aaron if my ex-wife would give me full custody of my daughter, I'd be the fuck out of here. 
I might even just say, I'm like, Nesbeth, hey, um, you got room at the ranch because I know you got kids too. We can do we can do some joint distance learning together. I'm a pretty hey. good helicopter dad. <laughs> we, we always got room, man. We always got room. Come on yeah, up. No, it's, I'll, I'll be, I'd be surprised um, considering after the, after this is all over, like how many people want to actually stay in California. Because California is great as far as weather and like climbing or wherever we're at. Um, mm. But I mean, as far as like just the cost of living, and what they did to I mean when we, when we when COVID first hit like just our company alone you know we did our meal program we've done that we've offered up our our facility for kids without wi-fi because there's no there's literally like there's no financial aid and you know people are dying out like you know no one's being able to eat you know the poverty rates at an all-time low the unemployment rate at all-time low edd is not giving that extra 600 dollars a week like they're doing for other states uh, yeah. in our area and now um, that that dumbass Newsom just uh, said that he's trying to basically he's making emission level so low that there's not going to be I think like next year there's not going to be a room for any gas powered vehicles. What? So now it's going to be electric vehicles uh, in general because it's like it went from two forty five to oh no it's yeah two thousand thirty five no that's just emissions. 2035 in emissions to 2025 in emissions, which means uh, certain vehicles like diesel, or I don't think it's diesel or like anything under like a certain age won't be able to pass. So like you can, and also the sale of new gas powered vehicles. Wow. So yeah. And he's like, we're in the front of climate change. It's like, no, you're just the fucking asshole that's trying to make some money because you probably partner with fucking Elon because Tesla's in fucking uh, the Bay Area too. So. Wow. Yeah, mm. California. Sounds like a good time, man. Yeah. No, that's it. <laughs> can't 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 complain too much, but yeah, I don't I don't agree with it. Which is why can't complain too much. What a contradiction right there. I didn't complain too much. That was, that was roughly two and a half minutes of complaining. Tell us how you feel, Mike. I got the Katie neck vein coming out. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, man. Oh, it, I, you know, if I this shit will get they'll, the, the PCU team will just turn this shit off right now if I start talking. Shut so down! Shut down! Shut, shut down! The, turn, it, turn this down. Mike has lost it. It's over. Oh man! Oh my god! Let's see. If we got anything else in this thing here? What time is it over there, Nesbit? Uh, ten forty-two. Let's see. Do you do an apprenticeship program there? Yeah, we do. We do. How does yours work out? Um, so we have a set amount of hours. Um, so we, we uh, well, there's different levels as well. So we have like the bronze, uh, silk, no, sorry, silver, gold, and platinum. Um, and uh, it, it's just a set amount of hours. Um, and then just certain cur uh, curriculums for each level. So, you know, if it's, if it's for like a working dog, um, you know, we do, we get, we include like a detection course, um, pretty much they would run through a full like handlers course, um, with us, uh, the bronze, uh, is, is just like obedience, basic kind of obedience, advanced obedience stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it's for a set amount of hours. Um, and then at the end of it, you know, there's, it's pretty much like a course, like a class, you know, we give them written assignments. Um, I kind of nerd out a little bit on it, you know? Um, so we get them to write theses. It's actually like quite a bit of work. And to be honest with you, 
most people don't really make it through um, or, or finish the apprenticeship program, but I'm totally okay with that. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's not for everyone. So, you know, I'm okay with having, a, yeah, um, a, a low, a low uh, graduation rate is all right from, from my, my side of things, you know, I, I want people, um, it has to be you know, worth something. If everyone can get it, then to me, it doesn't, then it's not that special, but if you have to work for it and earn it, um, it keeps, you know, value. And, you know, I, I want people to be proud um, when they actually do achieve it and, and get, you know, they finish it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you, you guys are. Uh, I don't have one right now just because I feel like I'm so much of a student myself still that I want to get that set up first and then be able to offer later on. So at the time, we really don't have to finish the program. So mine isn't as um, – so I was taught very differently, like the way my apprenticeship program was. I didn't get really getting like thesis or theory or anything like that. I didn't get a lot of uh, written or reading material. Mine was a lot of hands-on. So like a lot of like what I base my own stuff off is like, I make sure like kind of what you said, like a low graduation rate is important to me because I want to make sure that I'm in my, in, you know, my opinion, what I'm doing, I'm, I'm weeding out the weak people. I really want to see the people who want to get this and want to do like the stuff. So, you know, for me, I want to make sure that they earn the same things that I earned. Um, so a lot of it, like my apprentices, you know, they pick up shit all the time. They're cleaning things. They're fixing the stuff. They're doing this stuff. They're taking bites. And like, for me, I put the most pain in front because if they can't last, they can't feel that pain and deal with it, you know, later, I'm not going to invest six to eight months into you. And then, Oh shit, that hurts. I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. Cause I don't, you know, we don't have one style of training. We train everything. So whether you're in it for a behavior mod, whether you're in it for, you know, just, you know, advanced obedience, whether you're in it for pet, uh, sports stuff, whether you're in it for protection training, you're going to do everything. Mm -hmm. And that way I know I'm giving you everything that I have. And, yeah. you know, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately for me, unfortunately for my apprentices, I have the, um, the biggest tester, which is Ozzy. Uh, and it's usually like, all right, cool. Here's these uh, training pants. You're going to get a leg bite. Uh, good luck. And then I try to coach them through it. And uh, if they last through that, and I can't, I mean, I probably one out of 10 people will last through that. Uh, and those are the people that usually stick. So, I mean, the ones that stick are the, usually the ones that stick around for, for good. And mm -hmm. we've had a pretty good success rate with it, but it usually takes a while. I mean, I, I get questions all the time. Like, you know, is, is your apprentice, uh, apprenticeship, a paid apprenticeship? And like, for me, at least myself, I feel like it's almost a discredit to the art of dog training to be a, have a paid apprenticeship because I feel like a lot of us, you know, we, we pay our dues to get into this world and we've done a lot of stuff for free to just get into the world. So mm -hmm. why would I give that to somebody else when we've already paid our dues and have the knowledge to do these things, right? Yeah. So like at least on my, on my standpoint. So like for me, like, all right, you know, you're not getting paid, you're getting paid by knowledge, but you're going to be able to do this stuff and then you have X amount of hours to, to do this, you know, whatever, once or twice a day or once or twice a week or whatever it may be. Yeah. So, so for us, man, our, our, um, I was similar when we, I like, when we first started, like rolled out our apprenticeship program, um, was that it was say like, we didn't pay them. Um, and you would, they would come out and learn and like, that's what they got in exchange. But what, you know, what, because of like such the high wash rate, um, for, for, for the apprentices, it ended up like I was me and like our, our team was dead. We were dedicating a lot of time to people that were like, the percentages we're going to wash. Um, so we just started, like, we actually, like, there's a course. It's a trainer's course. 
we if you want bronze, silver, or gold, um, and they they pay to sign up for that course like you would do at any other nice. trade if you're learning a trade, um, and then you go through the course with us. Um, and if you stay here and rough it through the course, like you can, it's definitely achievable. But it's like any, you know, we, if I if we're putting our stamp on it, like we want to make sure that it's earned. You know, it's like you look at not that by any means we're a Navy SEAL program, but you know, when, when these guys go to SEAL training, uh, you know, or they're even basic training, like how many people wash out of just that, right? Uh, in, in a yeah. military program. Um, and it's like, okay, those people weren't cut for that. Like they're not cut from, from this cloth. Like you, you weren't made for this. So it's the same. That's kind of how we look at it, you know? So hundred percent. And, and you bring up a good point. I mean, so a lot of times people think dog training is like, Oh, look at, we're playing with dogs. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's like, the most common thing like at least you get to play with dogs all day and puppies and like inside of my like obviously i already numbed that part out years ago but <laughs> when that first started when i first started hearing that it'd be like this like almost like almost like they could like take it like it would like infuriate me i'm like i'm playing with fucking dogs yeah i'm fucking serious right now <laughs> do you even like do you understand what this is like like to do this stuff like that so i mean like let's let's break down dog training you know dog training like i'll start off like, you know dog training for me is more based on people training but it's also based on the repetition uh the reps and the time you put in with multiple and varieties of different dogs because that's how you learn you know all this different stuff because you have to see you can't just read and watch and all the stuff you have to hands-on yeah. experience and you're you're putting in the reps you're putting in the time you're putting in the years it's not something that's done in a short amount of time to be a good dog trainer it's done over over an expended amount of time or at least an expended amount of opportunities to work with dogs and do all this stuff so when people say like oh yeah you know you're a dog trainer you do it. like i can't even tell you like how many times people are surprised that like you know we have what we have because we're dog trainers like like people say well you're dog trainers like what the, like, what the fuck like you're a dog trainer you do like you got all this stuff like yeah motherfucker. it's like condescending almost like, yeah it's like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah i was like yeah motherfucker like this shit's fucked like we, the dog training because dog training isn't just dog training dog training is you know and you see it on our yelp reviews like you know people will be like eh, i feel like it was like couples counseling or like you know like you know it's it's more than that because even in dog training you have a variety of different training aspects that you're training you know you can do basic obedience you know behavioral issues you can do sports stuff variety of sports i mean like that list is long you know and then you can go into protection something there's so many different things so I think like the misunderstanding of what dog training really is, uh, is a huge thing, you know, especially to the general public because yeah. they don't really understand what dog training really is. So, I mean, like for me, dog training is mostly people training, uh, and you know, dogs are secondary, but having the reps and understanding behind it is the most important thing when it comes to being a, a credible dog trainer. But, uh, yeah. I mean, what's your perspectives on like dog training? I mean, for one, it's just about creating the uh, understanding that a person and a dog are two different creatures. And then you have to bridge that gap. And people don't have the patience to bridge that gap because we pretty much want to humanize everything that we see. So that's the first thing, is just kind of creating that idea that, okay, this is a dog. It won't think like you, won't act like you. And how can you not dumb yourself down, but become more understanding of what they are to then effectively get through to them? Then after that is then teaching the person and having them to be comfortable with you. So it's teaching them how to deal with their dog, but it's also personal development. Yeah. How to deal with this person, be it a doctor, a lawyer, a rapper, the person that's in South Memphis, in this case, South Memphis ain't, ain't, ain't the best place. Um, 
super educated, uneducated, and then like being able to get through to them, plus train it out. So yeah. it's definitely like you said, like your doctor feel, your dog training, your problem solving, and all that in one. Yeah. And so it goes far beyond just looking at a dog and saying, "Hey, you sit." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, def definitely, man. I, I, again, like I agree with both of you guys, man. I, I think that, you know, training a dog is one thing. And I'm like, I'm, all you guys probably know, like some really, really great dog trainers that are great dog trainers for their dog specifically, but they can't, you know, and, and hands down can train dog like their dog better than I can train a dog, but they can't transfer that information to someone else's dog and to that other person with their dog. Right. So uh, training the dog is one thing Then having the ability to co effectively communicate um, what needs to be done beyond there um, and, and to those, you know, the owners or the handlers uh, and, and let them be able like that's when it's successful. I see a lot of times, uh, you know, on like online forums, uh, like some trainers will like rant like, oh, this client is is dumb. They don't listen to me or they won't fall. Like even sometimes like I'll catch you know, like our newer trainers start like kind of going down that road and like, I'll stop them and be like, it's not the client. Like that's your fault. If they're not understanding it, don't, you can't blame. They're not dog trainers. They're not supposed to understand it. And if they're not getting it, like that's you, you're, you're not effectively communicating with them and yeah. helping them understand it in a way that, that they will. Right. Um, so yeah, but like, that's the only thing that I would add on to that. I think like you brought up an amazing point in that aspect of it too, is that, you know, we're problem solvers. So, you know, the biggest thing with solving a problem is by learning how to communicate to that person and the best way to make sure that they can solve that problem. And not every single person is going to be adaptable to what, how you speak every single time. That's the whole point of not being cookie cutter, right? So you have to be able to communicate to that individual in that individualistic way, the, the, but the best way for them to learn on an individual level so they can communicate to their animal, right? So like that's one of the biggest things I've seen like with dog trainers is everyone's like, no, this is how it's done. You can't do it. Fuck off. Like this is what it's going to be. It's your problem, not mine. But in yeah. return, it's your problem. Like you're the you're the one that they come to for help. So you have to be the one that, you know, dumbs down the ego, just like yeah. slows it down and just talks like just kind of just goes through the flow and just talks to them like, all right, cool. Like this, this is how you go this and learn because, you know, obviously dogs all learn on their own speed. And their own different levels and on different styles and on different ways and so so do people you know some people learn by being more physically active some people uh, people learn by being more you know talk to or reading or whatever it means uh, whatever it means they may be or they may need but for the most part it's adapt it's adapting mm -hmm. and then not even to break down even like you know being a dog trainer but owning a business as a dog trainer and, and being a business owner as a dog trainer yeah. like that that's a whole different fucking ball game. Like that's yeah. something that most people don't know is that like, you know, as a dog trainer, we're really good at training dogs, helping with people, but the business aspect, I mean, you're not even just dealing with dog training anymore. Like a lot of times, like when I first got into the industry, when I, when I first like went public into the industry, like at that time, they're like, Oh, like if you use marketing, you're not a good dog trainer. You're just using fancy marketing or blah, 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 blah. You know, whatever fucking people yeah. use to make excuses for it. But like, you know, as I do, it's like, this is the world we live in. You got to adapt to it. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how good. Oh, Nesbeth switched up drinks. Uh oh, we got a second <laughs> drink beer. on the list here. Ginger uh -oh. beer. Alcoholic. Oh, uh, Donna. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, that's that's the thing, too, is that you can be the greatest dog trainer in the world. 
But nowadays, you have to utilize all aspects of business. And if you're the greatest archer in the world, but no one sees you, you're the greatest archer in the world and no one knows. Yeah. And like yeah. now, like obviously you have a family, Jacques, you're going to be having, you have a wife, you know, you're in a family, I have a family. And like, you know, like we have to provide for our family. So like there's levels that comes into like, you know, what we do. You know, and yeah. as far as like being a business owner, that's very, very important. Yeah, and so, like I'm, I'm, I'm super. Like my my wife helps me out with like all the marketing and like I'm, I know where my strengths and my weaknesses are, right? Um, and like she's kind of is leads the charge on on the business end, on the marketing, on the following up with emails, and like I'm that's not my strong point. So like luckily she's like you know it helps a lot that she stays on top of schedule everything for me um but yeah like you know I, I remember when people would like trash trainers for like putting a video online and like yeah. oh like why are you, you're putting a video on there oh look at the fancy like and to me it's like hilarious like i've i've can you can go back in in history like i've always put videos online um and it's not just for marketing, right? Like it's also for other trainers, like, you know, for you guys, like people like you guys to see, Hey Mike, you know, why'd you do this? Um, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I didn't. And then you're like, Hey, did, you know, you should try and maybe do this next time. Or like, I, I use it as opportunities, um, you know, to also receive critiques. Like I, I, I welcome critiques. I don't, I, I'm not married to, you know, the things that I do, you know, I, I want to be better um with them so i'm you know I'm, I'm open to critiques all the time um now if you critique me and it and it i don't agree with you i'll say i don't agree with you um it doesn't it, it doesn't ever have to be like personal um the other the other like fallacy in the dog training world is like people try to put oh if you if you make money from training dogs somehow that's not genuine or, or you, you there's no integrity in what you're doing and like to me that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard. like you wouldn't say that to any other profession <laughs> like yeah yeah like how does that make I, like that would be like one of the craziest things for me I'm like i mean like dog training like i don't care what anyone says like that's years of there's no school for dog training i mean there's schools but they're fucking horrible but like you know they're i mean like there's no actual school. There's no academic thing for it. Like you literally have to put yourself on the line to learn how to do these things. Trial, error, and improvement. Yeah, That's I mean, like how it really is. I mean, it's just like it's it's insane to me. Like that some people would say that because I mean, like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of other industries and a lot of other you know ways of going as far as making a living. But as far as being a dog trainer, it's unforgiving. You know, and it's something that there's no clear cut way of doing it mm -hmm. the right way. I mean, we've seen the the franchises, we've seen, you know, those programs and we know how well those dogs are trained or not well those dogs are trained, you know, and then we see like, you know, people like, you know, in, within PCU, the, the, the circle that we have, you know, the hours, the years, the time they put into it and we see how well those dogs are trained. I mean, it's it's insane to me that people would in any form or mean would demean, you know, the the art or, you know, this just what we do, our profession, you yeah. know, like and the, the fact to say, like, hey, don't market it because if you market it, you're not real. Like, like, dude, what the fuck? Like, are you fucking serious? Like, shut the fuck. <laughs> I give up over that shit some other time. I'm, 
I'm gonna post a video next week and we're like fancy marketing motherfuckers. <laughs> like <laughs> There's the same people saying don't market it, we're like paying for newspaper ads back in the seventies for their dog training things. Right. You know? just, okay, whatever, man, have at it. That's what my uh, one of my old mentors used to say is like he's like, I never post videos of uh and this is one of our big followers, he's like, I never post videos of my protection work. I was like, well, why? I was like, why? He's like, you know, I just, I just don't post that stuff. I was like, okay. But then he posts pictures of like him, like a picture of his track at like six in the morning. I'm like, well, that's really boring ass picture. So I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like it. Like, but I don't, just out of courtesy. The half, half alike. Yeah. You, got, you don't get the love emoji. <laughs> Food. All right. So, Mike, you have a seminar coming up? Yeah, the the uh, Canines United one um, in Florida is the, the next seminar, um, October, end of October. It's posted on Canines United uh, Instagram and Facebook page. The ad's up there. I believe it's the 27th, 20, around that time, before Halloween. Um, but all the information's up there. It's free to law enforcement uh all the working spots are they're they're spoken for but i believe again there's unlimited audit spots so you can, if you can get out there it's free they're, they're even uh provide free housing for for the law enforcement on on the base so uh it's gonna be a, a pretty big big seminar a lot of good instructors i'm i'm super pumped to you know be instructing along the guys that i'm instructing along um and i'm going to Try and get as much info from them as I can for myself too. So, can I get an invite one of these times? Just like, hey, Mike, can like run a flight to Florida? Yeah, for sure. I'll just like we'll we'll talk offline. We'll talk offline. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, shit. So, Jock, I mean, your wife is in education, right? Uh, social work. Social work. So, I know your daughter uh, is, or your kids are in like distance learning. Yeah. How? much i don't know what you guys are dealing with but how much of a clusterfuck is that <laughs> yeah it, they actually helped us a bit man like it's they sl- like slowly kind of introduced them to it so like the first it was her first week this week so like monday she only had to do it for like two hours and she has like an actual like virtual like teacher there now um then the next day they added another hour until like the end of the week so tomorrow will be or no, today was was her like first full day uh, of like school. It's been, you know, uh, an experience, a learning experience. Um, but to be honest with you, it hasn't been that that bad. So, but we're only like one weekend. So, you know, dude, fucking Canada, man, <laughs> fucking Canada. Like Canada has to make everything just like so much better so than easy. Cal- so easy, so much. Like <laughs> you want, I have so for everybody here watching this i was going to fucking drink down here i have a six-year-old daughter (laughs) my six-year-old daughter just started first year uh of kid or first year whatever fucking first grade my little kid has to open her laptop we have to start the motherfucker up she starts at 9 a.m and she has to stay on with a bunch of other little motherfuckers on this thing like little six-year-olds just rambling around with one teacher who's not even there my daughter's sitting there just looking at this fucking computer screen, doing her whiteboard stuff, talking to everything. Thankfully, my daughter's smart. I don't know where the fuck she got that from. It definitely wasn't for me. Definitely not from her mom. Um, so 
like I don't know, I don't know where the fuck she got this from, but like this, you know, it's like three hours, and then there's a gap for an hour, and then she has another three hours. And I'm like, dude, it's like, how in the fuck do you expect these like kids yeah. at six years old to be attentive? for a full day schedule and it wasn't like it, like they didn't get that slow introduction like they got they are like guess what motherfuckers Here you go. and then yeah, they, they expect get, people to like she gets to, 15 like, recesses lunch breaks all of that so she's she's good man dude i was like i had my my buddy is a principal at her school and i actually texted him like the first day that i got to witness it and i was like dude i was like what in the motherfuck are you guys doing like this this is first grade <laughs> like, i'm a fucking 36 year old man there's no way in fuck i could do that hey, it's it's like it's like i said with the the decoy courses they need to figure them out like that right they need to just a quick little 15 minutes of, of learning and then like all right go be free and then back to that decoy's got the same attention span, the same attention span as six-year-olds man <laughs> i'm telling you I, I the first day i watched her i was like this motherfucker's smarter than me. Like, how the fuck? <laughs> fucking six years old playing on the fucking computer. I was like, at that time, I think I was like, I don't think I touched the computer until I was like 11 and I was playing fucking Oregon Trail and I pretty much died of dysentery every fucking time. <laughs> or something. <laughs> when the fucking screen was black, black and green all the time. Like, I was like, how the. Does it make sense? It's a special yeah, type of child. Yeah, I was probably eating rocks and like drinking from a hose pipe outside when I was six years See? old. Not figuring out. So. I was again running around Eastside San Jose, getting chased by little pit bulls or fucking chihuahuas, <laughs> trying to make them my friends. Like, let's go! And like, no, they're just trying to murder me because I'm a fast prey. <laughs> oh yeah, this is this is this is the good stuff, guys. This is the good stuff. <laughs> this is what happens when uh, Mike doesn't uh, sleep since three o'clock in the morning. And works dogs, and then starts drinking these copper can things. Yeah, what so, is that? That's what it's oh, called, copper can. Copper can Moscow mules. This is like my favorite shit. Looks aggressive. I'm supposed to try one, but guess you drink them all up. Hi. Barely. Okay, thank you. Well, this is how close we are, guys. Fuck up. That's not social distancing, guys. Oh no, we. <laughs> There's no rules in the United States. Every state has their own fucking rules. Like, I know. I have, no, I have no quarantine when I come down to Florida, but I got a quarantine when I get back home. Dude, it's like, there's literally, every state has their own rules down here. Yeah. So you talked about uh, importing. Uh, importing dogs. How much, how, how big of a pain in the ass, uh, pain in the ass has that been for you guys? Yeah, so we could do, like, I know a few people that have done it. Um it's doable still like we can still get them shipped in the the issue is that i just like you have to buy them sight unseen like and i don't want to buy them sight unseen you know um but like you typically fly out generally like that's what i prefer to do um I've, I've got the short end of the stick the last couple times that i haven't gone out and got the dogs so you know i kind of made, made the deal to myself before covid happened that I'm not doing it anymore. Like I'm not buying it sight unseen. Um, and then COVID happened. So I gotta, gotta keep my promise to myself. That's been a, that's been one of the biggest gambles I, I've dealt with. I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough to have a vendor who's pretty honest with me. Yeah, man. And always tell me like pretty much straight up. And I know his training style. I know what he likes. So I know like what 
I would like. Um, so at least I have that. Like I'm like, all right, cool. But I think like the biggest plan for us next is kind of developing our own puppy program. Yeah. And I think like the the first we started off with the the original breeding we did with um, Ozzy and Hila. And I don't know if you saw my dog Zilla or like Sid or any of the rest yeah, of them. But I mean, like, you know, those dogs came out pretty nice. And Ozzy seems to be a pretty solid producer. And I was huge taking bites from Ozzy. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and um, had a young dog. And, you know, um, I think the next, and that's what we're going to start doing with Set, the next dog we have in. But I mean, like, that's essentially, I think, where I'm going to go or I'm going to do puppies for my vendor. But I mean, I think, like, the, the hardest part is finding green dogs and, you know, having to wash six thousand dollars or four thousand dollars versus washing fifteen hundred dollars um or you know two thousand dollars you know with puppies mm -hmm. or just you know spending the time to develop them so I, I think i've restructured our program just a bit uh just because of covid actually helped me do that just because of obviously not yeah. being able to go yeah. and test out what we need to do mm -hmm. which is you'll be involved in that too me, man. <laughs> Well, you, you've been in, and so for everyone that doesn't know, like, Jacques been in, you know, you've been in what, breeding with Borable? You started in Borables? Uh, no, I was uh, Akita's first, and then I've had a few Rotties, and then went to Borables. Now I'm back to Rotties again. And working Akita's? Yeah, and that was back in the 90s when they weren't working dogs. They were all pretty show dogs. Shit, they're still not working. <laughs> you're, you're, you're back into Rotties now, breeding Rotties? Yeah, I mean, it's just a love of mine. Um... Like he just can be a little bit too independent for the average person. Yeah. And so like we had a market, but then like when dogs start getting soft, people start getting soft too. So they, they couldn't handle them. So the rotties are a little bit more versatile. And that's kind of where we're at now. Like the more German lines and Serbian line rotties. Okay. Okay. Do you see the we fucking um I know we've talked about this offline before, but that dog Samson. Yeah. Dude, his fucking odor work. Yeah, I've seen some of the videos, man. I've seen. Dude, I've seen. like, his indication is, is shit. But, I mean, like, he indicate like, he's he's on it, like, no matter where he's at. And I, I've worked him, uh, and, like, I've I, we put him into, like, literally off of work right into scent, and he yeah. goes right to it. I mean, like, he gets a solid two to three fines, like, nothing like a herder or anything like that. But shit, man, that, uh, that dog surprised the fuck out of me. Right. Yeah, that's good. I've, I've been watching some of the videos uh, that are posted of him, man. He, he, he definitely got it figured out. He's like, I'm just gonna look for this thing, and we're good from there. But he, his grip, his grips improved as well. My forearm can attest to that. I mistakenly decided to put on a really thin ass hidden sleeve with no gauntlet, um, and okay. the giant dog um, decided to um, hurt my arm. <laughs> which I can't, go. which I can't blame him. There you go. There's a nice decision or your decision. Though? My decision. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go next. Or one question before we wrap this up. Gauntlet, no gauntlet. Uh, I use a gauntlet, man. I, I use a neoprene gauntlet though. Um, I've had uh, some some run-ins with uh, like blood clots and stuff in my legs from. Um, you know, bite just bite pressure and scar tissue and all that building up. So, I'm 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 too old to just try and tough things out now for the sake of toughing it out. Um, but you know, depending on the you generally, I I wear a gauntlet, especially if I'm like doing a seminar back to back with a bunch of dogs. Um, I'll, I'll wear a gauntlet. 
I won't even say I'm getting too old. I'll say I'm getting smarter. So I stick to gauntlets myself, uh, especially now that uh, Ray Allen and Mike created the leather gauntlet. Um, yeah. It definitely helped with dogs as far as grip because they have to actually work to keep their grip, but also keep me safe too. So um, not quite getting older, just getting smarter. So I definitely use a gauntlet. There you go. I, yeah, I need I need to get my hand on that that leather gauntlet for sure. They haven't sent you that shit yet. No, I haven't got it yet, man. It's a lifesaver, man. Matt Wilson, you need to step <laughs> your motherfucking game up. Get it together, man. Get it together. Get it to fucking gather. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hooking you up with the best trainers in the goddamn world. You can't send these motherfuckers. Goddamn gauntlets. Uh, gotta love Mike. Gotta love Mike. Like, <laughs> no, nah, I mean, like, I think like that's one of the most important things that you got. Like, you got to think about longevity and also being able to think about how you're marking certain things. I talked about this to the decoys that are literally in the other room right now. Um, you know, when you wear a tiny, a tiny suit, you know, everything hurts. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you wear a comp suit, semi comp suit, everything hurts if you don't wear a gauntlet. So you could be marking bad behavior not necessarily and i'm not even not even talking about the self-care part of it like blood clots bruising muscle damage things like nerve issues i'm talking about rewarding bad behavior in a dog mm-hmm. like just ripping away from you and not countering and digging using their full mouth because shit's gonna hurt you're gonna make noises you're gonna excrete certain pheromones you're gonna have a certain presence you're gonna break down differently um and you know that's where like you know gauntlets come into play you know you got to use the gauntlets to one protect yourself make sure you have the you know the proper responses understand what's going on and you're safe you know, yeah. you know it's, it's longevity in the aspect of that you need to be able to work more and especially if you're going to like a spot like you're going to or like you know how it usually comes to memphis and it's you know 40 dogs or something like right. that like you know if i'm working no gauntlet and just trying to you know be tough about it like i'm 36 like shit's fucking added up my shoulder my shoulder's been disconnected way too many times but i mean like you know you have to be able to be able to work smarter uh, and work harder at the same time and you know gauntlets for me is that's that's the key and that's why we've developed you know the the primal canine armor with um you know ray allen and we have some other stuff uh you know up our sleeves here coming up pretty soon but i mean like that's you know i, I feel like that's the most important thing for most young decoys to understand is you know you don't gotta the the, the younger years you're all you know full filled up and just i can't even say testosterone up but like just like you know you're all up at uh you know all up in fucking hype about it uh and you know you'll you'll soon you'll soon soon feel that adrenaline drop and when you have to start hobbling home and you're like fuck i don't know if i could do this tomorrow but you got to do it tomorrow you're gonna start yeah. rethinking shit differently <laughs> yeah definitely no like like if, if you're just if you're in too much pain like you're not as a decoy, you're not thinking straight, right? So you you can't do what you need to do, and you can't provide the feedback that dog needs to be provided. Um, so gauntlets all the way. You know, when I when I get my primal canine um, armor gauntlet, you know, I'll give you guys my feedback on it. But since I don't have one, you know, I can't give you any accurate feedback right now. Matt Wilson, <laughs> <laughs> this is your problem. Actually, you know what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna get some from them and then I'm gonna just send them to you. There we go, problem solved. Go. I'll just send. I'll you get a gun. You get a gun. Everybody gets a fucking gun. That's why I had to do, man. I'm fucking like I was like I had to send. I, I'm over here like with no leg gauntlets and I have like comp pants and I was fucking. Uh, I because I sent my leg gauntlets to James Glory. 
because he had like these dogs out in Florida. They were just like, like, dudes, like these dogs are fucking up my legs. And like, mm-hmm. dude, even like those gauntlets didn't work out. Like, didn't like, James didn't have to say anything about it, but like they helped him a little bit, but they didn't help him that much. But James also has those fucking stone grow bullies that are just yeah. fucking yeah, monsters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I already, already told him, I told the guy from Stone Grove, I was like, when you do another litter, just save me, save me a mail. Like, <laughs> I've worked your washes and like, I'm like, I'm always, I'm a pity guy. So I'm like, I need that. <laughs> I need one of those. Just one, little, this, this one, just, you know, that hangs out of the house is chill and that they can still yeah. do those digging, pushing grips. Yeah. Let's see if we got any questions. If not, we're going to wrap this motherfucker up because it is late and we've been doing this for way too long. Screwdrivers help. What? Let's see. Hey, Mike, what advice would you give a young kid like me who is interested in protection or but doesn't know how to get involved? All right. So this is a good question. So this young guy um, or young kid who is interested in protection work but doesn't know how to get involved. What would be your guys' advice? You can go first, man. Um, with me, honestly, I say start with the fundamentals. And to me, that is kind of creating that control and the obedience, to be honest. Because, again, you have to have that control before you can fire your weapon. So that's kind of the first thing. And then from there, it's just finding a good mentor who can guide you through the process. Um, because even if you have a, 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 a dog that isn't great at it, you need to find a dog that's going to be good for you. So finding a good mentor that kind of gives you that feedback as to what you need to do. Uh, finding a new dog, even the current dog, and then once you get the dog that's right for you, how to build that dog from point A to point B. So I would start from, you know, that point, obedience first, right dog second, and then finding a mentor that can kind of guide you through the steps from zero to 10 of how to build that dog, and then applying that to other dogs, and then using that mentor to help you problem solve with each dog. Yeah, I, I think um, definitely, like, you know, the best thing would be to get out to some, you know, even protection sport clubs, um, you know, meet some people, uh, finding a mentor would be the best bet, depending on where your location is. That can be hard. Um, you know, this is not kind of like a, a, a shameless plug, but you know, there's, we have the internet nowadays. Um, the problem with the internet internet is there's a lot of stuff that's not, you know, not the best kind of, uh, things or, or information you want to follow, but there's this great place called PCU. <laughs> that has, there's, there's a lot of uh courses up there from like yeah leaders in the industry um so you know that's that's kind of where i would head to if if i couldn't even if i had a mentor or you know just availability to like information that's you know gonna be helpful and gonna be useful to what you what you you need to know yeah 100 percent. i mean I, everything that you guys said is exactly what i would say i mean find a mentor you know obviously like we've talked about but like multiple times during this one is like you know pcu is one of those things that it's i feel like it's invaluable in the aspect of like most people don't really understand how like how much value comes to or what's coming from that you know i mean like there's so many i mean you know nesbeth we have fucking andy krueger we have sean we have nina we have you know oscar's now on there i mean we have so much knowledge out there um you know, it, it's just insane. So, I mean, like, if you can't find a mentor nearby, you know, or research a club nearby that you like uh, or a style you, that you like and find the mentor that's in that style nearby, PCU is the best, honestly, the best opportunity. 
uh, for most people. And it's not because it's our stuff. It's just because that's the reality of the situation. Um, and you know, and that's what I would say, like, if you're young and want trying to get involved, check that out. Um, but also find something that you're really interested in to find a club near you and or a trainer near you and put mm -hmm. your work in and go from there. Definitely. Like, even like practicing your movements without having a dog. So, I mean, like you can watch the PCU stuff, but then practice those movements in the mirror. It sounds goofy as hell. Like no dog involved, but practice those movements so that you can then, when you get that chance, apply it to it and then see how well it sticks. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, we started this one a little bit late. So I'm going to wrap this thing up. Um, so first, let me go through here, make sure they're plugging everything we need to plug. So first of all, make sure you guys check out Nesbeth's page. Um, check out his online courses. Check out the Fright, uh, the Fright Bite Night. I wish I can go to that thing because that sounds awesome. Um, mm -hmm. Fright Bite Night trial thing that he's doing over there. Uh, also check out um, his course or his seminar going out in uh, Florida. Jacques Bonnet, Allegiance Canine. Uh, we're doing our actual war art of war uh working dog weekend this weekend so prepare for a lot of videos coming from that also check out Jacques in general when it comes to any of the training stuff that we're doing if you're in the memphis area canada nesbeth's got that on lock shout out to amerta for this awesome shirt um and yeah guys thanks for tuning in for drinks and dogs uh much appreciated for all you guys showing up look at the numbers we're at 701 can't wait to keep growing this thing. Uh, check out all the courses that we have going on. And remember, any course that we've done before, Nesbeth's mine, anyone else, you can always go back and get those. So appreciate you guys. Uh, appreciate you, Nesbeth. Obviously, the jocks were here with me. Um, and I'll see you guys in the green room after this. But thanks, everybody else. All right, man. Thank you.